94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Mike Houston's jamming. Yeah, we found that out along with Terrible Journey and oh, Living man. on a Prayer. Come on, man. What a normie. Here we go. You got to let it go to the course, man. No doubt. Does intern Ryan like this? We know he's quite the dancer. Is he? He's dancing right now. That's his dance moves? <laughs> That's his go-to, I guess. Woo! He can't dance in a chair, he says. He's well, he can get up and dance. I mean, there's plenty of room in the control room there. Oh, oh that's, a, good, that's a move. He's busting out the move. That's good. He's just kind of wiggling around his arms there. Ben does the sprinkler. Is that I know. Oh, he's doing the sprinkler. Oh. Gotta love it, gotta love it. That's good. All right, welcome in, everybody. So nice to have you with us uh, here, Patrick Johnson. It's game week, Ben. I'm ready, let's go. It's game week. Uh, We've got uh, ECU and UCF. Boy, UCF looked uh, really good. Dominant. Uh, Second half, they were really untouchable. I know... Georgia Tech battled back and tried to make it competitive, but that second half of the game Saturday was never in doubt in Atlanta. And, uh, gosh, you know, the thing that when you look at UCF now, and it's really remarkable, they look like an ACC or or SEC football team as far as just the athletes, especially up front. No doubt. Everybody has got good athletes in the skill positions. Especially on offense, but I mean, my God, uh, they up front, they are scary. Not only that, Dylan Gabriel, Player of the Week for the American. Yeah, I just saw announced. that, and uh, he's he's pretty good. I mean, they've they've had some really good quarterbacks in that program, and uh, he is he is something else. Uh, sure, we're going to get familiar with that name here coming we, up you, this Saturday. I think you'll hear that a lot Saturday. Yeah, no you're doubt. On, you're on uh, ninety four three, the game in one zero seven nine. Uh, we'll be bringing you the broadcast of the game. Uh, of course, no fans will be allowed. Uh, we are starting. I, I, I heard it was 31st, but I thought it was 32nd. Some say 33rd. Point is, we're in our fourth decade of coverage of ECU wow. football wow. here uh, on uh, this Heritage brand. And uh, it'll be Pirate Game Day Countdown. We'll have some big announcements regarding that throughout the week. But uh, we'll be getting our day at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. Terrence Copper and I will be bringing you uh, coverage. Ben will be here. Ryan will be here. It'll be the the whole gang getting you through. Uh, The uh, game day countdown will have all kinds of uh, sounds and maybe sights. I don't know. We'll we'll see what's going on out at the stadium, if anything. I'm sure some people in the the neighborhoods will be tailgating. There will be a lot of neighborhood kind of tailgates, but obviously nothing on any of the grounds. No fans allowed. I was, uh, like a lot of everybody, we were thrilled to hear late last week that they're going to be able to get all the parents in, it looks like. That's awesome. That was a great decision uh, made. 
Who knows why, but at least one was made that will love appearances. Yes, by our guy, the Gov. And uh, it's going to be tough, though. I think the Pirates are going to, you know, my concern after seeing UCF is being able to compete up front, not necessarily the front-line guys as much as the depth. I think just UCF's depth up front on both sides of the ball is is remarkable. It's going to be a rough way to start the season, no doubt. It's not an ideal way to start, especially since they've got a game under their belt and they've already gone on the road for that game. Pretty much picking up where they left off, really. Well, let's hope not. Let's hope that's not the case. But, I mean, that's that's kind of a tough combination for your season opener Yeah, uh, against, uh, I guess, now a top 13 team, probably a top 10 team, if we want to be honest, and a team that is uh, just got athletes all up and down the uh, up and down the uh, team or the uh, roster. We've got uh, tomorrow, Coach Houston joining us. He'll be with us uh, shortly after 5 o'clock for our interview with him. So we're back this season talking to uh, Coach Houston Game Weeks, and we'll have that for you every Tuesday uh, here on 94.3, the game on the Patrick Johnson Show. We also, uh, he's got his press conference tomorrow. It's going to be via Zoom, and uh, we'll uh, bring you some comments uh, from that in addition to the uh of the comments. And I think UCF does not have their presser until Tuesday. I think that's right. Either way, we'll have it. Yeah, we'll get it for you. Uh, we'll, we'll hear what uh, Coach Heupel with uh, UCF has to say. But uh, another season here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game. Our Pirate Game Day countdown will originate uh, beginning at 9 o'clock here on uh, 94-3. T-Cop and myself. And then uh, after the game, stick around. Uh, and again, we some surprises to announce with this during the week, but stick around after the game. And network coverage, uh, we will have uh, our no-quarter postgame show. Trent McGee, Big E, Eric Graham, former uh, all-conference offensive lineman for the Pirates. They'll be in the studio for another year of uh, postgame breakdown locally uh, here of uh, the matchup. But uh, looking forward, we, we've had a lot of meetings here the last several days about uh, new things coming with the pregame this year, new things coming with the uh, show itself. Uh, and uh, we've got a lot of things that we're going to be uh, – uh, doing. Let's go ahead and do our pirate report. We, we don't necessarily have any sound to play with our pirate report, but we do have some news for you to tell you about in our pirate report as far as the pirate football schedule goes. Uh, so let's hit that here, at, and then we'll get into weekend winner, weekend worse. So we've got uh, a full slate here. By the way, Jim Zoki, uh, our uh, Monday visit with Jim coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, straight up 530. We, he's on a tight window today, so we got to be uh, ready for that. Um, all right, so let's uh, do our pirate report. A couple things to tell you about right now. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. So, Ben, uh, the game time has been announced for the Georgia State game. You watched Georgia State this weekend? I did. I, I did. did not see any of that game. Uh, I know McGee did. Very good game. Very Couple good game. Of, and they, uh, it was uh, Louisiana that beat them. Yep. Ranked Louisiana. Ranked Louisiana. Well, Big Ten's not playing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, the, in the meantime, they're ranked. But that was a uh, – and Louis, uh, Louisiana had to come back, correct? Yep. Yeah. Correct. But uh, so Georgia State's not going to be an easy out. Uh, yep. Georgia State – into overtime with them, too. Mm-hmm. Georgia State will uh, host the Pirates a week from Saturday at noon. That game time was announced today. And uh, we'll uh, be back on the air a week from Saturday with our Pirate Game Day countdown beginning at 9 o'clock. I was also uh, saw the Cincinnati time has been announced in November. That is 730. a 7.30 uh, game. Jeez. <laughs> 
late night that night on the uh, post wrap oh, up. Gosh. So that'll be uh, fun uh, that evening. That'll be the uh, it'll be interesting. I know I'm doing the post game for a few of the broadcast or game days this year. Uh, McGee has been a little vague on the McGee might be sick that on day. the November <laughs> one, uh, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, we'll have pregame and postgame for you surrounding the network broadcast coming up this uh, weekend. So that is uh, the latest on the uh, Pirate Report. I, I had a huge list at home of um, weekend winners and weekends. I mean, it was an, um, I kind of kept a running tally this weekend. And damn if I, I, I could not find it for the life of me today. So I had to try to recall. I need to start doing a lot of this stuff digitally, I yeah. think. Come on, you got to switch over, But the problem is if you do it digitally, if you do it and then your phone dies or, you know, your motherboard is wiped out or whatever the dot-coms happen. We got computers over here. We can figure it out. Come on, forget about it. Maybe so. All right, let's do Weekend Winners, Weekend's Worst. I have some uh, some stuff for you there. It's time for Weekend Winners. Yes, I win! Game over! I win! And the Weekend's Worst. Worst day of my life? What do you think? Here on The Patrick Johnson Show. All right. Panthers got 99 problems. No doubt. They might have more than that. They lost their offense. Weekend worst. You blew it! Weekend worst. The turnovers. Offensive line looked bad. Doesn't help that McCaffrey got hurt. But that's not a good Tampa offense either pretty good Tampa no. defense but I mean I, you know Brady didn't look great the run defense was atrocious even more atrocious. well Fournette looked good I yeah. Fournette no doubt Jacksonville's obviously was tanking when they got rid of Fournette or they just didn't want to pay the ru- running back I don't miss you's watch okay I refuse right. to believe it but I mean boy Fournette looked looked big time and I think he'll wind up being the guy that Tampa relies on this season. Oh yeah, no doubt. As the number one. Um. So I, I mean, we'll get into more of this with Zoak. But I mean, how do you? And I mean, there's still even clock management issues. Yeah, it was it was bad. It's not just a good not not a good. I mean, Matt Rule looks like a rookie head coach guy coming from college to, to the pros. Yeah, no doubt. But I mean, it's just—it's very surprising. All right, um, go weekend. Uh, this is the kind of the weekend winner, weekend worst go hand in hand here a little bit. You're a winner. Weekend winner. Dallas got our. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys? Oh my God! People are excited. Well, yeah. <laughs> that that desperate fan base is totally excited now because. Look, they were gonna. That's all we were gonna hear about today. The zero and two start. They've they've paid all this money to Dak, and they've done this, and they've done they've the whole nine. We were gonna hear it. It was gonna light up the phone lines today of all that. That's all you were gonna hear on exactly Cowherd and Dan Patrick and Clay Travis. That's all you were gonna hear. But then the Falcons, a weekend worse. Well, they did a. You blew it! Weekend worst. The Falcons pulled the Falcons. Uh, it was it was bad. It, it it's not as bad as the Super Bowl, but it's pretty bad because that was the Super Bowl. Yeah, but this is 
pretty bad. 19 point, 20 point lead. And then they backed away from the onside kick. I mean, backed away from it, didn't? Yeah. They, they, yeah, they were like looking at it. Why would you back away from it? They just looked at it the whole time. <laughs> and then they get beat. Worst team in the division, Falcons or Panthers this year? Falcons have not looked good. Yeah, it's it's. Falcons have not looked good. I don't, at Tampa, you know, he, as bad as the Panthers played, because there was a little stat padding at the end by Tampa Bay. Uh huh. You could argue they were. They were in the game. In the second half, they got into the game. Yeah. They just couldn't make play. Carolina, I'm speaking about here. Falcons have just looked discombobulated and have just not looked. There's like a mental thing to it. And almost. then Justin Hardy was given a little smack talk to the uh, Falcons. Karma. Karma, I saw. And uh, the, the Falcons fans were giving him a hard time. Not going to weigh in on that. Mm-hmm. but uh, I know. Well, uh, let's do a... Uh, I've got a weekend, sort of dual weekend winners from the Sunday night game last night. You're a winner. Weekend winner. Obviously, uh, Seattle looks really good. I mean, they beat a hapless Falcons team last week. Coming across the country and doing that. But I thought they looked really, really good last night. Uh, But I'll say Cam Newton. Cam Newton looked great last night. Happy for the guy. I was finding myself hoping Cam would... Lead him down the field. I don't like the. Let's see if Cam can be Tom Brady here. Yeah, no. I, I mean, th- the guy's an MVP. Now he's not a multiple-time MVP. He's not a multiple-time Super Bowl champ, but he's a, I, I, when healthy, a good quarterback in the right system. And, and New England's done a good job to put everything around him. I could mention the Lions, but we I, we got to get out of, of, of this segment because, like I said, we got Zoki straight up at the bottom of the uh, hour. Uh, let's do some weekend worst college football. You blew it. Weekend Wars. Duke looked awful against Boston College. I mean, awful. It's a shame because they played so well against Notre Dame. And but they made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, you know, you hear people come on and speak in these platitudes of Cutcliffe, team, Cutcliffe teams don't make these sort of mistakes. But really, the last two years, they've looked very sloppy at times. Yeah. Uh, last season, and so far, yesterday, based on that, the beginning of this season, uh, just have not looked. The execution hasn't been as crisp, especially at home for some reason. I don't know what it is. Uh, App State, that bubble got burst pretty quick, didn't it? Best team in the state. Talk. Went back up the mountain or over the mountain or whatever the hell they say. Our guy CJ was really hype about that. App State losing. I was glad they – look, if you're an ECU fan, you can't root for them on any level. Yeah, no doubt. That's a bigger problem for you than the big four right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really is. That yeah. program's emergence is a bigger problem in this day and age for ECU uh, than State or Carolina are right now. Yeah. They really are. Uh, weekend uh, winner. I'll go Bryce DeChambeau, but I do want to do one more and a, a couple more football. Uh, weekend winner here. You're a winner. Weekend winner. A lot of people like the dog NC State, but I, look, we'll pack one at home. They exercised a few demons against the Dreaming Deacons. And won the game. It was, it, it Against was a, a fired-up yeah. Wake Forest team. Wake always gets fired up for State and Carolina. And in basketball, Duke. So, I mean, they were they perfect? No. Are there things that the Wolfpack have that could be problematic still, for them? Yeah. I still think Wake's a tough team. No, Wake is. But, I mean, yeah. offensively, State might, might have a little something there. Yeah. And I'm not rooting for it. I'm no Dave Doran 
fan at all. But And then how about your 2-0 Bears, Ben? The Bears. 64% of 2-0 teams make the playoffs. We'll see. Who'd have thought that was Chicago? Maybe the Packers are giving the punch in the mouth that they need there and just kind of destroy their confidence. I want to get this Matt Rule audio. So real quick, do you have anything? Winner or worse? Yeah, I got I got a quick weekend worse. All right. Uh, I'm going to say ECU schedule. I think it just got even tougher <laughs> with Georgia State playing tough against the Raging Cajuns, a ranked team. Then Marshall's now a ranked team, beating App State. Yeah. So now your non-conference teams, which we had a legitimate chance to win, look even tougher now. We already know the conference schedule is going to be tough. Marshall looked good. Yeah, non-conference games good. are even tougher than I thought. Split a little time between that Saturday afternoon and uh, the other. Does Ryan have anything? Does he want to say anything? Do you have any? Quickly, Ryan. Weekend winner, weekend worse, anything? Yeah. Uh, I really like Anthony Davis out there. He helped clinch the win against the Nuggets. So, All right. Well, it's NBA. Well, NBA ball. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's scary when a big man uh, shoots beyond the arc and makes it. So, Are they up 2-0 in that series now? Yeah, they're up 2-0. Yeah. They're going to sweep? I don't think so. I okay. think the Nuggets might might pull a couple wins out. It's not like they're going back to Denver. That's the thing. I think if I think if they were going back to Denver, I think you're right. But they've down been down the, before. Down in the Orlando. Well, that's true. Every series so far. That I is think. true. Three one in both series, right? That, yeah, yeah, you got it. Who says we don't talk NBA on this show? There we go. Who says thanks that? to Ryan here? Yeah. No, that was. I mean, Ryan was a good point. Look, Anthony Davis has been maligned by a lot of people, especially last round. Uh, he was taking a lot of, you know, I mean, keyboard cowboy criticism, but still taking yeah. a lot of criticism. Much of your redemption there. Well, good for him. All right, uh, a timeout. We'll hear some from Matt Rule. Ben Byron will have an update. Bottom of the hour, Jim Zoki, as we roll on here on the Patrick Johnson Show. So let's uh, play a little Matt Rule audio for you here. Uh, let's just do cut one. I mean, this was immediately after the Buccaneer game. What do you have to say, Ben? Yeah, it was uh, turnovers and, um, uh, you know, I think the really, really costly penalties, you know, um, a bunch of third down stops that uh, that hurt us. Uh, but, you know, we, we had, maybe, I don't know how many pass interference, couple pass interference, hands to the face, stopped them on third down on the, I think the second drive and, and had a, a, a bunch of, you know, uh, landed on the guy. So those are like, I think that's four or five drive continuing penalties. And, you know, there's, there's no chance of, there's no chance of winning, you know, uh, when you have that. So uh, the, the key to me in the first half was their, their third down, you know, they were six of eight, I think on third down, a lot of those penalties or a lot of those that didn't even count penalties. And um, I thought we got played a lot better in the second half on defense. I mean, they got put in a tough position to one and uh, the first drive they went out and answered the call held into a field goal and then, um, you know, kind of at the very end of the game, seven point game, they're selling out, running through gaps and just unfortunately sprung loose, but, uh, you know, had, had a chance to win the game. All right. And then there's Matt rule today, <laughs> significantly more succinct, uh, in case you have uh, been under a rock, uh, Christian McCaffrey will be out four to six weeks. More on this with Jim Zoki coming up near the bottom of the hour. Uh, anyway, uh, Matt Rule talking about CMC's injury. I, I hate I hate it for him. I mean, no one wants to be out there and, and play more than Christian does. But uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm I'm sure he'll uh, rehab. I'm sure he's rehabbing right now. I talked to him earlier today, and I know he'll uh, he'll get back as soon as he can. What is the injury? Um, he has a high ankle sprain, and um, I'm not great with timelines. I'm not sure how long it'll you know exactly be. Four to six weeks is what they're saying. 
Uh, Matt Rule was asked about what time in the game or when did the McCaffrey injury occur? Yeah, um, it happened on the play, um, the play maybe two plays before that touchdown. So um, uh, I think I think we ran like a trap, and he went around the right side. Um, that was the play that happened. The thing is this, if a high ankle sprain does not significantly heal, and I mean, they're saying four to six weeks, it could be longer. Uh, I mean, that could nag him all season. And is it worth sending him out there six weeks from now if you're looking at a no-win or one-win team? Yeah. And he may not even be – he'll be rehabbed and ready to go conceivably, but maybe not 100% because he'll need some time off beyond the six weeks. That, I mean, the, the high ankle sprain's the, the really tricky injury. It's like the hairline fracture. It's the tricky injury when it comes to, you know, anything that's not torn. Um, like Saquon Barkley, which is just, I mean, that just makes me so sick for him. I mean, that's just so bad. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk to Zoke about this, what they can do offensively to sort of create and generate some offense. But, I mean, yesterday, that did not look like a very no, productive offense. And if you've got your guy who is really your only guy, you know, and, and I hear these ridiculous statements about, uh, you know, load management and uh, still an NBA theme. And why do you want to send him out there and bury him under a bunch of carries this year? Well, I mean, it's like Zoki said in the preseason, you know, obviously paying him and uh, he's the, kind of the face of the franchise. You know, it's tough because you don't want to get in a situation where he's going to be long-term injured. And uh, this, I mean, I'm not comparing the athletes by any stretch, but I mean, our guy, Jay Sunalder, uh, you know, who started his broadcasting career here before moving on to uh, ESPN and, and what have you. You know, Sonny hurt himself in the NC State game, although where he caught the touchdown in the game. And he just had some surgery like the other, like a few weeks ago, because that injury had never really significantly or properly, wow. in his doctor's opinion, healed like it should have. So, I mean, this could be a real, obviously they've got better medicine uh, available to, to Christian McCaffrey than you would have had 15 years ago when Sonny got hurt when he was young before he became an old man. But, I mean, there, this is still a very tough thing if it's not managed correctly. Uh, we'll have Panther talk for you coming up at uh, 7 o'clock over on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB. Speaking of game week for the Pirates, the Mike Houston Show back on tonight at 6 o'clock here on 94.3 The Game. So we're driving you towards that right now ahead of Jim Zoki joining us uh, to talk about yesterday's game. Here's Ben with an update on what's going on around the NFL, college football, and more. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for your 94th of the game sports update and college basketball proposal for relocation has gone through as Asheville, North Carolina will host the 2020 Maui Invitational in a bubble-like format. The event will take place from November 30th to December 2nd, and the field will include Alabama, Davidson, Indiana, UNC, Providence, Stanford, Texas, and UNLV. For college football, AP just released their updated top 25 poll from the American Conference. Three teams still remain, with Memphis ranked 17th, Cincinnati 14th, and Central Florida 13th. From the state, UNC remains in the poll at 11th. Future Pirate opponent Marshall moved in the 25th spot after a win over App State. One American Conference team received votes in SMU, while one in-state team also received votes in App State. From the American, the conference released their weekly football honors and one player that the Pirates will be all too familiar with this weekend from UCF is quarterback Dillian Gabriel. Gabriel won Offensive Player of the Week from the conference, completed 27 of 41 of his passes for 417 yards and four touchdown passes and a winning 49-21 effort against Georgia Tech. 
From the NFL, a freakish amount of injuries have occurred in Week 2. The following is a list of just a very select few who suffered injuries in Week 2. Saquon Barkley, Jimmy Garoppolo, Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, Byron Jones, Nick Bosa, Cortland Sutton, Cam Akers, George Kittle, A.J. Brown, Drew Locke, and Jameson Crowder. And the previously, previously mentioned Christian McCaffrey just got a second opinion from his doctor on the status of his injury earlier today. And it was revealed that CMC will be out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Tonight, Monday Night Football kicks off between the Las Vegas Raiders and the New Orleans Saints at 8-15. Notable inactives in that game for the Saints include star wide receiver Michael Thomas, defensive tackle Marcus Davenport, and linebacker Kiko Alonso. For the Raiders, they're relatively healthy, with only three players listed as questionable. The list includes starting linebacker Nick Katowski, rookie wide receiver Henry Ruggs, and left tackle Trent Brown. The current spread as the Saints is four-point favorites for you fantasy players. If you have Drew Brees, he's primed for a big number against an inexperienced sloppy Raiders secondary. And to wrap it up for the 120th U.S. Opener of the weekend, Bryson DeChambeau dominated the competition as he finished shooting six under overall in the event. The closest score to him in second place spot was Matthew Wolf, who shot an even par overall in the tournament. If you're a 94 Theater Game Sports update, I'm Ben Barman. When we return, the P-Man discusses the Panthers losing effort against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers with Panthers Radio Network's Jim Sokey after this quick timeout. Uh, following the Mike Houston show here on 94.3 The Game, switch over to our sister station, 103.7 WTIB Panther Talk. Mick, Jim Zoki, uh, and uh, oh gosh, help me, Zoke, help me. Jim Zoke, this is why we have Zoke. Eugene Robinson. I always forget Eugene Robinson. I don't know why. How can you forget? Uh, Eugene. Eugene's one of a kind. Boy, Eugene can spin a, a phrase, can he? Yes, he can. Uh, and he'll have some phrases to spin tonight, I'm sure, after uh, yesterday's yep. uh, performance for the uh, Panthers. Anyway, it's great to have our our, our dear friend, uh, and he joins us every Monday, Jim Zoki from the Carolina Panthers Radio Network on here uh, with us here. Uh, Jim, we'll start with the uh, the obvious, and that is um, Christian McCaffrey, I guess, out as much as six weeks with the ankle sprain. Yeah, at least four. Uh, if anybody can come back quicker, it'd probably be Christian McCaffrey, but not entirely in his hands when you're dealing with a high ankle sprain. Those, those tend to take at least four weeks, so uh, that's what he's got. And he'll be working on that. But uh, obviously, he's the star of the team out of the 53. Uh, he's the guy you build your offense around, and now you're not going to have him for a month. And so here we go, <laughs> two weeks in, 0-2 in a major injury. Not not the best start for the season overall. Yeah. The the good news is, and while it is a concerning injury, I mean, a high ankle sprain can be so nagging. And, and you know, even after four or six weeks, it could still really be bothering him. Um you know, at least it's not something like Saquon Barkley, which I want to ask you a little bit about in a moment. Get some reaction for you on that. So, I mean, there is that 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 area where it's where it's positive, but this offense right now, which certainly had its issues yesterday against a very good and aggressive defensive front, uh, now tends to 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 maybe. I guess the question is, how do you avoid becoming as pedestrian as you looked at times yesterday without your playmaker? I think, you know, the first thing for this team is, and it's easier said than done, the coaches always just play on their own team. Like, we can't turn the ball over. We can't have penalties. Well, the other team impacts that in one way or another, it seems to me. But anyway, they can't win games, however they occur, with four giveaways. And to me, five giveaways, because when you did the fake punt, you turned it over on downs. So to me, it's like five turnovers, really, because they get the ball at the 36. And Mm -hmm. then um, Mm -hmm. you had five quarterback sacks for those five turnovers. 
He had nine penalties, and they were key penalties, like like defensive penalties that extended offensive drives uh, for Tampa Bay yesterday. And so if you're going to beat anybody, especially a team like that, that that should be a playoff team based on the talent and the coaching they have there, you're not going to win. You can't win with those kind of numbers. It's uh, just statistically proven through the league. You're going to win very few of those games unless you force an equal number of those on the other side. So it's just um, they got to play clean football like they did the first week against the Raiders. We didn't win, but it was 34-30. to You were in it to the final minute, and you felt like you had a chance to maybe even win that game week one. So how, you know, the the coaching staff has come out and, and, you know, said the requisite things about uh, we believe in Mike Davis. Uh, What's your thoughts, what's your analysis on on Mike Davis and, and whoever else may fill that void? Yeah, I mean, they like Mike, but uh, obviously Christian McCaffrey is special. I mean, that's why he's making $64 million and Mike isn't. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, we that's, like Mike, but Mike isn't yeah, worth like, $64 million. Like <laughs> Christian's, like, really, really good at football. Uh, so, yeah, Mike, former Gamecock, and, uh, and he's yeah. been in the league. He's had some good days with Seattle. I think he ran for over 500 yards and a, a job share one year for them. But, again, yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's a veteran. That's enough, clearly a number two back in this league. It's like... Tyre Whitehead is not Luke Keekley. I mean, solid guy, been in the league a long time, but you're going to get you know that kind of production. So they'll do the best they can. The thing is, you can't change what you're doing a lot. I mean, you'll you'll tweak it and you'll feature other guys a little bit more, I would think. But I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to run your offense. And Mike Davis, that's why it's the next man up. Next man up has to run the offense the way McCaffrey did, as far as filling the role, whether the production is there or not, that's the job. But we've seen in this league, you know, running backs can jump in and be very productive as backups uh, in a, at least a period of time yeah. and do well. But, yeah, Christian is special, so it's just there's no replacing that. So it's obviously, from a talent level, it's, it's going to be a hit for at least a month. Jim Zoki with the Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk tonight at 7 over on our sister station, 1037 WTIB. Uh, did you feel like yesterday was a Teddy Bridgewater didn't have – a time kind of issue, one of those days, offensive line let him down. I mean, obviously the other team has guys, too, that they're paying, and uh, we know that they Tampa like to attack up front. Uh, what, what was yesterday? Was it a combination thereof, or is it one thing you can put your finger on specifically? It was a classic combination of things. At times he was pressured and under duress and made bad plays, but you know the screen pass was clearly, and he said it, it's just the, the – he airmailed a screen pass, of all things, yeah. which is a short pass and probably one of the easier throws he had to make all day. And that was a huge interception that afforded uh, an early, really uh, sustainable drive that was going on at that time. So he had three turnovers with the fumble and the two interceptions in the game. And uh, yeah, there was so some of it on the offensive line. He was under duress and sacked five times. Uh, but some of it was, you could just see, through behind DJ Moore and that other cut in route. Uh, where that one was picked off uh, by Davis. So that, both of those interceptions were bad throws yeah. as far as what he did there. So it was nothing on the route or anything like that as far as that goes. Because you do, you look at turnovers sometimes, and Coach Rule said it during his Zoom, you know, sometimes a block is missed, a route is run wrong. Like last week, like Mike Evans, did he run the wrong route or did Brady make a bad throw? It turned out Evans made a bad throw, but it took him three days to figure it out. So, so every turnover <laughs> right. can be a combination of things. And then he also played well. I mean, there were times where, you know, they were down 21 nothing, but led some really good, did a 93-yard drive uh, and got back to 21-14. to I thought it was a lot of stat padding at the end with Tampa Bay right. playing back. So I don't buy into the career-high 367 passing and two receivers with 100 yards. I, I think that was allowed to a large degree by the change of the game at that point. Yeah. Uh, Fournette uh, yesterday runs for, I think, 102 and a couple scores. Uh, and we mm-hmm. talked about him when he was released a few weeks ago. Um, again, was that just kind of one of those days against a, a team that was somewhat beleaguered, or, or do you feel like that he really provides them with uh, something they were missing? 
it gives them a nice one-two punch. I mean, to me, Rojo tries hard, but he's just not that that great. I think he's you know he's a workhorse guy, but I don't think he's talent-wise special. For Nets, then last year, a thousand-yard rush yeah. in this league, eleven hundred yards for Jacksonville yeah. last year. So I think he will get that going for them. And again, no preseason, no training camps. It's, it's going to take Burnett. Uh, sitting out the way he did a little bit of time to get going. Now, again, there, too, he got a nice 46-yard run, but we're in a defense where we got everybody at the line of scrimmage, and to his credit, he broke through. Uh, but all he had to do was beat uh, Trey Boston at that point, and so that led to 46 more yards in his second touchdown. So I, I think sometimes stats, you know, get inflated by certain things, and I'm not taking that away. He did it, but we were not in our usual, like, 3-3-5 defense at that point. We were loaded in the box trying to stop uh, the ball at the, at the line of scrimmage and get the ball back on uh, on the offensive side. Right. Uh, you guys were there yesterday, right? Or my telling tell one of the ones we traveled to. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you? Was there any talk of doing the game from the pirate ship? Was that even a possibility with no one in the stands? Could you have worked? That you know, out? that would have been fun. Two things, though. A lot of not social distancing going on in the pirate ship. I don't know who what all the employees are, but they had a lot of fake pirates already in the ship. <laughs> and secondly. A lot of cable to get from us. We're at the other end of the stadium, so it would have been uh, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of yards of, of cable throughout the empty stadium you. to get over to the Pirates. See, this is why we like Jim, uh, Ben. He indulges my idiotic questions on here. That's why we <laughs> love Jim Zoki on the program here. You know what, though? I've been going down there for now 26 years, and because we're nowhere near it, I've never had the time, and now we're not allowed to wander at all, but to, to go, because always so far, it's not on our side of the stadium. I, I would yeah. one time like to walk up to that Pirate ship, because I've been Staring at it for 26 years in a row, but I've never gotten anywhere near that pirate ship. But you don't want to be near it when those, uh, those cannonballs are going out through the wild. Well, that's true. Uh, in the off-season one year, I was able to finagle, because I was a highly influential member of the or- uh, Orlando media, I was able to finagle my way down there uh, one day. Oh, nice. And uh, at least got How to go it? up near. Uh, it's fine. Overrated? Yeah. <laughs> No, it was, like it was actually right. a little, little like a lot of things in Tampa <laughs> over right now. It really was uh, very cool. I actually like Tampa quite a bit. I like that whole uh, area uh, quite a bit. But, yeah, it really is. Uh, I have we, an aunt and uncle that live in Sarasota that I visit every about every other year. Mm-hmm. We get in that general area there. You're right. That Gulf area is just terrific. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Jim Zoki is with us uh, here. Uh, Zoke, let me uh, ask you about a couple other things uh, uh, out of going on around the league. But first, uh, before we sort of leave. Uh, yesterday's game you saw Brady obviously uh, in person then what were your impressions of, of Tom Brady at uh, you know year 21 with the Bucks now I thought he was just okay I thought he was I would say you know not like okay like he's 16 out of 32 quarterbacks but just good not great like that flea flicker I thought was a classic example where they flipped the ball back to him and he had a mm-hmm. receiver running on that seam for a touchdown and the guy had to stop and come back and get it and then get tackled uh, but then on the other hand, at the end of the game, he had a terrific throw on the run, uh, as much as he can run, into the corner for Shady McCoy that, that McCoy just completely butchered. And that should have been a touchdown and an outstanding throw by Brady on that one. But one touchdown, one pick, 216, I thought just okay. And again, not to overindulge the stats part, but just from the eyeball test, certainly looks to me like he's lost maybe not a step, but a half a step. And, again, maybe they need more time, too, to get the chemistry and all that flow in there. But he did not – he's not at that Russell Wilson, whatever, stage of, you know, Pat Mahomes. I mean, those guys are at a different level now. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, guys like that, I think are, are a step behind. I think Aaron Rodgers is ahead of those guys right now as far as still playing well at an advanced stage. But he's not 43. But I think you yeah, were seeing a little bit of age where those guys are good. 
but they are not the MVP players of past years. At the end of the day, though, doesn't what what he brings on the intangibles and if they can get the type of production out of Fournette and the defense plays like they did, uh, that, that's essentially what you've brought Tom Brady to town for is, is to win now, and he's not going to necessarily hurt you like he did the week before in New Orleans. And they were without their best player, Chris Godwin, as far as weapons yeah, go yesterday. Point. Gronk appears to have absolutely nothing left at this point. <laughs> this is two weeks in a row where I don't think he had a catch yesterday, and the week before he had two for 11. And I'm not saying that now we know that's how it's going to be all year, but he was just like a non-person out there yesterday, and they probably should do not only O.J. Howard, but Cameron Brakes had some good uh, seasons in the past. That Yeah, Gronk is there, and he came out of retirement, but I almost wonder if um, – if this is going to be a real role for him in this offense or not, he's not really doing a whole lot there. But Brady, yeah, he comes in and he brings, obviously, all that pedigree, all that history, win-now kind of thing. I just don't know. You know, Good good defense, first of all. I think their defense is going to be the mm-hmm. star as they keep going. But uh, I think they're, they're good, but they feel like a 10-win team to me. Like They don't feel like a 14-win team or something outstanding. So I think they'll be good and not great, and they're not as good as New Orleans is this year, I don't think. All right, we got Jim Zoki with us uh, here, and uh, he'll be on Panther Talk tonight over on our sister station, 103.7 WTIB, at 7 o'clock on the statewide audience. Uh, so it's always great for Zoki to give us a little bit of his time uh, here on uh, Mondays after uh, Panthers football. Um, I don't know if you got to see or even uh, cared to watch after you got home from that trip uh, last night's game with uh, the Patriots and Cam Newton. And, I mean, I, you know, I, I, the thing is this, and I, we talk so much about uh, just some of the weird media takes that appear on Twitter. And, I mean, I, I don't – it's just like, you know, how dare people aren't rooting. I bet Panthers fans weren't rooting for, for Newton there at the end. I mean, I found myself rooting. I've always found myself rooting for Cam Newton. I, I, I like Cam Newton quite a bit. Uh, it's just I don't. I don't get that idiotic hot takery on, on that. But you know, I, I really would have liked for a lot of reasons to see the Patriots win last night and Cam gotten in there at the end. And then you had Greg Olson with Seattle. So would he do to root for the Seahawks? Because they no, there you go. We That's true a, too. That's true too. They had a they, and they had, they had, they had a great little they had a great little embrace before the game. They did it. What? What it was? It's like an all-time romantic movie embrace. It was crazy. Just like they had never seen each other before. <laughs> and then um, you've got Bruce Irvin over on the Seattle side too, who it looks like he might have a torn ACL after the game last night. But uh, if we start, you know, trying to line up all the former Panther players we're rooting for from the past two years, Thomas Davis, you know, the Redskins, when we see that, <laughs> we could we could exhaust ourselves trying to cheer on former Panthers on other teams. And I hope we don't get reduced to just that. Hopefully we'll have some things to cheer for this year. But, yeah, uh, yeah I don't root against Cam either. But I feel the same way. I feel like my team is the Panthers. He moved on for whatever reason. He moved on. They, whatever. It's, and I don't begrudge people that are, you know, Cam fans wherever he goes. And uh, it, even if they like Cam better than they like the Panthers because they don't like the way that went down, fine. Right, for what you want. Yeah. But people give opinions, and then people get mad that they have opinions. And yet we all agree we should have the right of free speech, and then we get mad if someone doesn't agree with us. So just yeah, do what you want. I don't care. Speaking of former Panthers, boy, uh, Harris Butker had uh, a heck of a day yesterday, <laughs> didn't he? Oh, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing that salt in the wound up. Guy kicks fifty-eight yard field goal. <sighs> We're hoping our guy can make the extra point. I mean, she's like, this guy's knocking down fifty-eight yarders. It's crazy. It's just like game winners yesterday. Game winners, <laughs> like he was born to game do winners. it. 
I mean, uh, he's like not just good. He's like the best kicker in the league, and we drafted him. We spent yeah. a draft pick on him. Oh. We had him. We I know, Zoki. Look, I know. <laughs> I know. All right, Jim. It's just exhausting. <laughs> uh, you got to go across the country now, or the team does. I assume you're he not. Won't. You, you guys he aren't will. going to the brand new uh, stadium in uh, in L.A., which looked really good yesterday. Mm. Um, that would have been fun to see, actually. Yeah. You had to go out there and see the, a new stadium. And like you said, it was on TV last week. It looks great. So I hate that that's a trip we're missing. So we're driving separately on the ones we can. We actually, because we're not daily COVID testing, you know, it's different whoa, whoa. tiers. Wait a NFL minute. Whoa, wait a minute. You you all road tripped it yesterday? We road tripped. We got back at Why 4 in the morning. Why did you Tampa. bring this up at the beginning? Because we could have talked this whole time about the road trip with you and Mick. This, to me, I just, is fascinating. I just assumed I was. I just assumed I earned two segments, so I waited until now to as a tease into the next segment. But we, we have time I don't to, have to right, do two. What is the what is the most interesting thing about the road trip yesterday? Uh, most interesting thing about the road trip was none of it. <laughs> it, was, it was in a it was like one of those shuttle vans that like you get at the airport when you try to get back to your rental car lot or whatever. It was just okay as far as it was not. This was had no cup holders, had no. Like little fold out little table. The TV didn't work. There was no Wi Fi. This was very much. This was not high end. This was just okay. It was. It was fun. We're happy to get there. Right. And we're happy to do the game because I don't know. We probably are, but I don't know of any of other NFL broadcast teams. At least at this point, they've done road games, and we're going to go to Atlanta. Yeah. Which is easier, obviously. That's four hours. How about? Go to what, are you going to New Orleans? Hours. Are you going to New Orleans? No. All right. No, Atlanta and Washington. Right. If now, I can get the big hen to kick in some cash. And we get COVID tests for the two weeks leading up to that. Would you entertain the idea of Ben and myself, and we all kind of chip in and we get a party bus down to New Orleans? No. Okay. If Henry will charter a plane, <laughs> if, if Henry will charter a plane, I will happily travel, and we can bring more people, and we'll do that. I don't want to drive twelve hours. And it's not about you guys. It's not about the style we go in. Right. It's just I just I lose focus after a certain amount of time of being in a vehicle that long. When I, if I'm going to travel 12 hours, I want to wake up and I'm in Hawaii. No, I understand. You know. So now, did you? Was there a driver? Or did did you guys have to share? Yes, driving? we had a driver. Okay, we had a professional driver. So this we had is that. so fascinating to me. I, we are, we will have to talk about. It was like minor time. league baseball. It was like yes. a minor league baseball trip. Yeah, it was. And it I, was fun. It was fun. We enjoyed it. And like typical, hanging out, telling stories, and you know, you start out, you're energetic, and you're eating <laughs> your snacks, and you're, you're parceling out your snacks and your water and your bathroom breaks. And then after about halfway through, you're like, ah, I just want to be home. Yeah. I just want to be back. This is, this was not a good idea. That's what you're thinking about. The trip, the trip down is always fun. The trip back is always like, you start doing the math, like, why did I get home like at four? This is like, not like we're getting home right. at midnight. We're getting home at four. Tampa's a long way. It was nine and a half, ten hours, whatever it was. Because <sighs> they have to keep stopping and gassing up. And, you know, Mick has to pee every 25 minutes. So it's just like, <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> This is the great, gosh, this would have been, you guys, this is where you needed to be on, on your social media, Zoke, yesterday. This or could be a part before. of Panther Talk tonight. Yeah. No, I, I, I hope it will be. Tonight. All right, Jim Zoki with us here. He has basically told uh, Ben and myself, stay away. Uh, it's great to talk to uh, Zoke. Unless you get a, unless you get a flight. <laughs> I, I might if be able to. you want to step up the flight level, then we'll do it. Okay. I'll, I, I will at least ask, because nothing ventured, nothing gained. And if that's I mean, what's Henry? Yeah. yeah, Henry, come on. Henry's got the money. We know this. I know. Tons of it. He's flush with <laughs> cash. And and, and now, this is exactly how Henry would choose to spend the money that if he had the well, money. Well, if, if he goes with us. 
Of course, Henry's going with right. us. If he's paying for right. it, Henry, he Hank, gets to you sit me, in whatever seat he wants. Ben, yeah, McGee, Mick, Eugene. Yep. We'll just bring Eugene. Even we'll just bring everybody, and it will just charter a jet, Eugene. and it'll it'll be yep. great. That would be. I would be so excited about this because we could leave Greenville, fly to Charlotte, yep. pick these guys up, fly to New Orleans on a private yep. and jet. Kurt, you know, and Kurt Coleman, by the way, for those that don't know, is doing the games this year because we can't fly in Jake and Jordan for the COVID right, reasons. So Kurt right. Coleman's doing all the games. So, so absolutely Kurt Coleman. But yeah, yeah we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bring Eugene who does our post game and Panther yeah. talk. Okay. And uh, we'll just, you know, we got room. It's a plane, right? So, well, that's what know. I mean. We, we just, it'll be a guy's trip. We'll go down to uh, New Orleans it. for a guy's trip. It. All right. Enough of this. What could crazy. possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> all right, Jim, thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Patrick. Could you imagine a road trip with Mick Mixon? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I could do it. I don't like road trips in the first place. You're not a road trip guy. No, nah, but stopping every 25 minutes to use oh, the bathroom, I can't handle that. That's an that. exaggeration, Ben. I think that's a little bit. It may not be though. Who knows? I, I don't know be. his bathroom habits. I can't believe they drove to Tampa. I didn't. I did not pick up. I I was able to listen to the end of the broadcast yesterday, and uh, I did not pick up on the fact that they had dr- referenced they had driven to Tampa. This is fantastic. It's sad they drove all the way to Tampa to watch that horrendous game and call well, that horrendous true. game. But you had to work. Look, I mean, and. You know, I did that drive from Eastern North Carolina down to Orlando for you. Ugh. That's a 10-hour drive Sheesh. in the best of conditions. And uh, you know, those guys went a little bit of a different way, which kind of worked. They picked up. They really didn't have to deal with all the I-95 headaches in South Carolina, which there are plenty of them. Uh, all right. So, road trip. We'll, we'll write down the uh, request form, the expense all report. Right. Cool. Can we get our guy, Hank Hinton, and the big hen to charter a jet? We leave Greenville, we go to Charlotte, we pick those guys up, and we fly down to New Orleans so they could do the broadcast so we could hang out in and around the Dome. I think that's a good idea. There we go, yeah. They do all the work, and we just have fun while they're doing it. Well, we're paying their freight, so that's... Oh, okay, all right. Keep that in mind. It's a fair trade-off. It is a very fair trade-off, and we'll get to go to New Orleans. So Live it up. Won't happen, but we can dream. Uh, We will uh, be back to wrap things up on this version of the Patrick Johnson Show and tell you about tomorrow in just a bit. Boy, what a story by Jim Zook. I like the holiday road coming back in. It was probably like a little bit of a Griswold vacation uh, with, uh, with Zook and the guys traveling down to Tampa over the weekend for the call. That's crazy. Uh, all right, uh, great job, uh, as always, uh, Ben and Ryan across the way. Thanks to Jim Zoki for taking a few minutes with us tomorrow. Stay tuned. The Mike Houston Show is coming your way at 6 o'clock right here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And then uh, after that, uh, Panther Talk, Mick Mixon along with Zoki and Eugene Robinson, bringing you uh, the post-mortem and uh, more on the Christian McCaffrey injury uh, after the uh, loss at Tampa Bay on Sunday for uh, Carolina. 
Uh, I think Monday night football game, really the next couple weeks, is going to be pretty good. But I, I, tonight I'm really looking forward to kind of see what the uh, Raiders have. I'm looking forward to seeing their new digs for the Las Vegas Raiders, who uh, are 1-0 after the season opening win at Carolina. And uh, that'll be interesting. Tomorrow on the program, we're looking forward to having uh, the uh, head coach of the Pirates, Mike Houston, on with us. Uh, the first of our in-season weekly conversations with uh, Coach as he'll join us uh, game weeks here on 94.3 The Game during the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, we'll also have comments tomorrow from the Mike Houston Press Conference uh, as well. So all of that is coming your way uh, tomorrow. Again, thanks to uh, our guy Jim Zoki. Stay tuned. You can listen to the Mike Houston Radio Show right here on 94.3 The Game after uh, this break, leading you into the top of the hour. Enjoy that, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. Oh, oh.